The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Sukkah has been dedicated by Celia and Isaac Jamal. Hashem Alehem Yehu Amen for the Hatzlecha of their dear children. May they see much nachat from all of them. May they all grow up and get married in the right time and have children healthily, happily with berachah vatzlacha. And may they see uh, descendants and descendants of their descendants. Ad bi'ad go'el sedek. Amen. The Masechet has also been dedicated Le'ilu Nishmat Sarah Bat Adel Ruach Hashem Tanihena Began Eden Amen Again by Celia and Isaac Jamal To school the Mitzvot His is being studied Le'ilu Nishmat Nuria Ben Noga Shneftar Bekitsur Yamim Veshanim Ruach Hashem Tanihena Began Eden Amen Daf Nundalid Today's daf is being studied Abraham ben Esther. Today's daf is being studied We begin today's daf on Nungimal Amudbet, and we start two lines from the bottom. In yesterday's Gemara, we had a great mahlokit between the Hakamim and Rabbi Yehuda regarding how we look at the sets of of the blowing of the shofar. According to the rabbis, they looked at each blowing as a separate mitzvah. That's why they said in our Mishnah that the minimum amount of tikiot is 21, that's blown on a given day, and the maximum is 48. 21 would be uh, 7 sets, and 48 would be 16 sets. Whereas the Yehuda said the minimum is 7 sets, and the maximum 16. Which he learned that each set is considered a mitzvah. So now the Gemara is going to analyze. Gemara says, Who is the following statement going like? Rav Kana said, there is no interruption between a tiki'ah and a tiru'ah. You're not allowed to interrupt. You're supposed to do them consecutively. According to Rashi, Rashi says, Lo Which means the only allowed to separate between the tiki'ah and the tiru'ah, the shoot of a breath. But more than a breath, the guy has to breathe. But more than a breath, you should not be mafsik. So who is that going like? So the Gemara says, Keman, Kerebi Yehuda. It's got to be going like Rabbi Yehuda. Why? Because since Rabbi Yehuda says each set is considered one mitzvah, so therefore you don't want to make a hipsik between the Tikiyah and the Teruah. So the Gibraltar says Pshita. And of course, who's it going to be like? It's obvious. There's no no of Jewish. It's going to go like Rabbi Yehuda. Maybe I'll tell you that what even the rabbis agree that you should not make a hipsik. Uh, in between the Tikiyah and the Torah, even though they hold it's separate mitzvot, and the Hidush is ul which is there coming along to exclude the opinion of Rabbi Hanan. That what the Amar Tikiot. The person heard nine Tikiot at nine different hours of the day yatsa. That's Rabbi Hanan's opinion, his extreme opinion. He holds that even if you had an hour. Then you heard another tiki'ah, and another hour. So the Rabbanan don't hold like the Yohanan. But they just 
agree that what you can make a hefsek in between the tikiyot. Meaning maybe it doesn't have to be a, a breath. It could be even more than a breath. But the point is, it, we don't subscribe to the Yohanan. The Yohanan says it could be even an hour. So maybe when Avkana made the statement, it's going like the rabbis. And the way the rabbis learn velo kelum is, it can be more than a nishima, but the point is, it cannot be extreme like the Yohanan. So maybe even the rabbis who hold that it's three separate mitzvot where you can have a hefsek, they agree that you can make a little hefsek in between, but it cannot be uh, an hour in between like the uh, Yohanan. So the Gemara says, Kamashma, and that's why it's coming to tell me, no, the author of the statement is not the rabbis. The author of the statement is really Rabbi Yehuda. So the Gemara says, well, maybe, 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 maybe we're right. Maybe really the rabbis do hold. You can have a great hifsik uh, in between, and that's what the Rafkana statement is telling me, that it can have a great hifsik in between so long as it's not like Rabbi Yohanan. So the Gemara says, Imken, my velo kilum. Would it make sense then? Because the Mishnah, the Rabkana's statement is Lokelum means nothing. You cannot have any of sick. Lokelum's mashma just a drop, which is like a Kedeneshima. So the Neshima makes sense only in the Biuda. If you tell me that the rabbis really hold, you can make if sick up to an hour, so then the Rabkana's statement would not be going like the Rabbana, because they say Lokelum means nothing. So therefore you have to say the statement is going like the Yehuda. The Yehuda again held each Tikiah is a separate mitzvah. I'm sorry. The Tikiah is all one mitzvah. Therefore, you shouldn't make any hefsek in between. Okay. Now the reason why he took Tisha Tikiot, the Yehuda in his example, is because there's three sets for Melchiyot, Zichronot, and Shofarot. And you brought tikiyah to tikiyah for melkuyot, and three more for zichronot, and three more for shofar. That's why the Gemara gives the example of you heard nine sets, and there was a hefsek of an hour in between the sets. That's what she says. Okay, we go for it. Okay, so we learned in the Mishnah, when Cholamoreid Sukkot comes out on a Friday, so he said that already you get. Uh, the maximum amount of tikiot, bless. How many? 48. So the Gebara says, well, you're missing three. Why? The ilu the ba'ala asirit loketani. The Mishnah did not count the tikiyat teruat tikiyah on the tenth step. If you remember during the Nisukha Mayim ceremony, so as they were walking out of the Beit HaMikdash, they stopped at the 10th step or the 5th step. We had a mahlokit yesterday, how to learn. But the point is, on that step, they would make a tikiyat to a tikiyat. And that would bring the grand total to 51. So how come the Mishnah did not include that, uh, that set? So the Gibbara says, Who's the author of Mishnah? Rabbi Di'ezer ben Yaakovi. Netanya shalosh le ma'ala asirit. Rabbi Li'ezer said, yes, there actually were three sounds on the tenth step. Rabbi Li'ezer bin Yaakov Omer, shalosh al gabim He says, no, you didn't blow three on the tenth step. There was three by the mizbeach. What was the mizbeach? When they used to do the mizbeach arava on Sukkot, they had uh, three tikiot on the 
Mizbeah. Tikat Teruah, Tikat the time of the Mizbeah of Arava. Now, Ha'omele Ma'ala Asiri, the opinion that says that they blew the Shofar of the tenth step, Eno Omer Al-Gabeh Mizbeah. He doesn't hold that they did it by the Mizbeah. Va'omer Al-Gabeh Mizbeah, Eno Omer Ma'ala Asiri. So therefore, we have to say that the opinion that says tenth step, he deletes Mizbeah. The opinion that says Mizbeah deletes the tenth step. And therefore, our Mishnah will say, how do you get to the 48? You have the 21 of every day, and then you have an additional uh, extra uh, 27 tikiot because of the Nisukamayim process, and because it was end of Shabbat, so you have an additional six to stop the people from work and to let them know that it's Kodesh, and all those extra ones. But the point is, we're counting in our Mishnah the three that was blown by the Mizbeah, when they did the Mizbah of Arava. Now, if you count that, you're not counting Ma'ala Asirit. And therefore, you end up with 48, which means we're counting as part of the 48, the ones that was done by the Mizbeah, and that's, you're not going to count both. You're not counting Mizbeah and Ma'ala Asirit. The Gemara says, What's the reason for the Mizbeah and Yaakov? Why does he say you don't blow for the... Uh, Tenth step. Once already we're blowing at the opening of the gates, which means as we left the Beit Hamikdash, Shari Elion, that's the Kanor gate. When they opened it, you blew. When they got to Shar Tachton, that's the eastern gate, they blew. When they came back in to the Shar Amayim, the water gate, they blew. So already once you're blowing at the gates, which means, what do you have to blow at the 10th step for? It's, it's not a gate, which means the, the mitzvah of blowing shofar during the Nisukha Mayim is at the gates. And therefore, since the 10th step, you're right, it's in route to the gate, but it's not a gate, so therefore you're not obligated to blow hilkach al hadif. Therefore, it's better to do it at the mitzvah, which means at the time that you're doing the mitzvah of arava, that would be a better, uh, place to put your uh, tikiot. However, when a banan savre, kevan de takale miluyamayim, he says, that a banan old, since you're blowing for the miluyamayim, what's the purpose? The purpose is that all the tikiot are blown for the pouring of the water, for the filling of the water, right, for the drawing of the water. Al gabea mizbeah lamali. What do you got to do for the mizbeah? What does the mizbeah have to do with the drawing of the water? The, the mitzvah is, is a different mitzvah. Hilkach lemalasrit adiv. Therefore, the do the malasrit. Now we're going to see exactly what is going on in this kibbutz from Nashi. But that's the logic. One, the be the Ezer ben Yaakov holds malasrit. You don't. You do mitzvah. Rabbi said the opposite. You do malasrit and you don't do mitzvah. Now let's read Nashi. He's going to give you the sevara. We start from legabeh mitzvah. Right? So the Gebarah said what? What do you have to blow for the Mizbeah for? You're blowing for the, for the water. That would be the opinion of the rabbis. The rabbis say you don't blow by the Mizbeah. That's she. All these blasts, the upper gate, the lower gate, the upper gate, Mishum miluyamayimu. It's all because of the mitzvah of the water. Hilkach la'arava la'malitikiyah. So what are you blowing now? A, a special tikiyah 
for the Arabah. It's not connected to the water. All these additional blasts that we had on the holiday. By the way, why are we blowing it all when we get to the gates? Who told you you have to blow it so far when you're filling up the water? We have a pasuk. You'll draw the water. What does besasson mean? Happiness. And how does the happiness manifest? Blowing the shofar. Once already we calculate the hajbon of the shofarot on the hag, which means it comes out with an additional 12, which if you count all the different gates, which means you have the sha'ar elyon, right? then you have the ma'la uh, asirid, then you have sha'ar tahton, then you have sha'ar amayim. So there's four additional stages over there, so we're going to add. 12 It makes more sense to blow it on the 10th step according to the rabbis It's evident if you're blowing on that step it's because of the service of The reason why they chose the 10th step is just because it's a designated place Meaning if you're going to blow by the Mizbeah who's going to know you're doing it for the water? If you're going to blow by the Mizbeh, they're going to say, oh, this is an Araba item. And we're not interested in doing Araba items. It doesn't say, Ushabtim Araba Bissasun. It says, Ushabtim Maim Bissasun. So that's the rabbi's logic again. Understand? The rabbi's logic is the additional tikiot of for what? Maim purposes. Dikhtiib Ushabtim Maim Bissasun. Now, anything that's related to the Maim service, good, blow, blow over there. So on all the gates, take a tikiot, do the tikiot. Now, the Ma'alasinid is also to do the process. It's, it's more the process of Milu Yamaim than it is by the Mizbeah. So if you have a choice to do Ma'ala Asirit or Mizbeah, do Ma'ala Asirit. Now, now, she brings in a, a, a different interpretation here. When it says three by the Mizbeah, when they bring the water to the Mizbeah. We learned till now the Mizbeah means the Arava, not connected to the Maim at all. But there's another interpretation that says no. The Mizbeah means when they actually brought the water up the ramp to the Mizbeah to pour it on the Mizbeah. Now that becomes a little difficult now because that is actually part of the water service. So the Gemara will say, what do you have to blow by the Mizbeah? Which means the Gemara is saying, what do you have to do a tikiyat an additional tikiyat to tamni sukamayim? You already did a tikiyat tikiyat at the time of the korban tamid. Now, when you brought the korban tamid, the kohanim, the levim would sing songs at the time of the korban, and that was at the time that you also poured the wine and the water on the mizbeach during the time the levim would sing their songs. So the Gemara's question would be, according to this version, you're telling me to blow. At the Mizbeah, you're doing it already. Which is the nine that you do at Qurban Tamid, that's in effect really at the time of the Sukhamayim. Because at the time of the Qurban Tamid, that's when you pour the water. So the Gemara will ask you like this, what do you have to blow at the time of the Mizbeah for? You're doing it already. So the Gemara says, Bekashali. Comes out to question, Imken, Nefishan, Lehutikiot. Comes out, we're going to have extra tikiyot over here. Why? The Mishnah said that you blow also by the Mizbeah. Now, when the Mishnah said you blow by the Mizbeah, what does Mizbeah mean in the Mishnah? 
must be in the Arava. So therefore, you have two Mizbeachs now. You have Mizbeach of Yisuch HaMayim. That one they're deleting. But they're still keeping the Mizbeach of Arava. Comes that you have 51. You have, take out, uh, take out Mizbeach of Yisuch HaMayim. Because that's, you have that, that's already included in the first nine. When you did the, on that Tamid Shil Shahad. Beautiful. But the Mishnah does say, Mizbeach. And what does Mizbeach mean in the Mishnah? Arava. That's an extra teacher, 51. So therefore, how could you learn this pshat that she asks? So that she says, O Shema Zekifat Arava Be'et Shemolichin Amayim Lemizbeachi. You have to say, could be that what? That the Zekifat Arava, when you did the Arava, that's the same time that they did the Nisuch Hamayim. And then it's the same item. It's, it's, it's the same item. When we say you take away Mizbeach, you're taking away both items. You're taking away the Sukhamayim slash Araba. Because it was done at the same time. So therefore, whenever it's according to this Pshat, Mizbeah means the Sukhamayim service plus Araba. Because it was done at the same time. Therefore, Amishnah says you did uh, Mizbeah. So Amishnah cannot be going like the opinion of the rabbis. Our opinion must be going, I'm not going to be the Ezer. Amishnah must be going like the Ezer ben Yaakov. That says they indeed did it by the Mizbeah and they did not do it by the Ma'ala Asirit. Because Amishnah does not mention Ma'ala Asirit. So we have to find who, which opinion says they didn't blow by the 10th step. Well, it's not to be the Ezer. He said they actually did blow by the 10th step. That was the Ikat, that's an Isukhamayim uh, item. And we have to say Amishnah that does not say Ma'ala Asirit, but says Mizbeah must be to be the Ezer ben Yaakov. Now, what's the logic of the Bidiya Ezer ben Yaakov? Why does he say you blow by the Mizbeah? So his logic was that uh, which means already all the service of Nisuch Hamayim you did. You did the gates. Ma'alasid is what? It's, it's not a gate. Therefore, there's no inyan to blow over there. Better to do it by the Mizbeah where well, you're doing the service. It's Avodah. And therefore, he holds the Mizbeah is Adif. So it's a very important Mahloket. If you look at the statement of the Gemara, uh, the statement was the Tanya, Shalosh de Mala Asirit. Okay, it's actually Tanakama. Tarekama. I'm calling it a Bezer. I thought it was a Bezer. It's actually Tarekama. Tarekama and a Bezer with Yaakov. Tarekama and a Bezer with Yaakov. So Tarekama says you're blue by Ma'ala Asirit. We don't have that in Amishnah, obviously. Amishnah is going to be a Bezer with Yaakov. Question? Yeah. How did she answer that? We had a Mishnah that said you're blue by the Aravot. Yeah. No, it didn't say Aravot. It said the So that Mizbeah obviously must be going like the Bezer with Yaakov. <coughs> Because it's a 10th step, not the Because uh, he, he holds that you blew by the Mizbeah, not by the 10th step. But that she just brings out another shita that says Mizbeah means. The Bizzle says you blow by the 10th step. The Bizzle Ezra ben Yaakov says that you. Uh, again, what the Gemara said. Matnitin mani Bizzle ben Yaakov. The Tanish Shalosh de Ma'ala Asirit. That you blew a 10th to the 10th uh, step. The Bizzle ben Yaakov Omer. That's not a Kamal. Shalosh Agabem is Bayah. Amishnah did not say Mahala Asirit. Amishnah said Mizbayah. And therefore the Mishnah is a Biyaz bin Yaakov. Because Amishnah does not hold you below on the tenth step. Does not hold you below on the tenth step. Okay? Comes again and continues. Ki Atara Bahabar Harina. 
Midroma, when the Vahabar Harina came from the south, south of Israel, Aitim Nitabi and he brought a Mishnah with him. It says in the Pasuk, Ubne Aharon Akwanim Yitki'u Bahsoserot. Right? The children of Aaron, they're going to blow the trumpets. She'en Tamud Omar Yitki'u. It doesn't have to say that they're going to blow the trumpets. Shekevar Neemar Utka'atim Bahsoserot Al Onotechim Vazif Hashamichim. Now we know already. We know they blow the trumpets. It says when they bring the Korbanot, they blow the trumpets. So what is the um, extra. Pasuk uh, over that says they're going to blow. We know they're blowing the trumpets already. So he says, They blow according to how many Qurban Musafs there are. The more Qurban Musafs there are, the more additional blowings there are in the Beit Mikdash on that given day. Meaning, he brought the statement. And he explained it. Lomar, Shetokhin al kol Musaf, Umusaf. Which means, let's say you have uh, Shabbat, Rosh Chodesh, in the Beit HaMikdash. How many Qurban Musafs you brought? Two. You brought Shabbat Musaf and Rosh Chodesh Musaf. So every time there was a Musaf, there's an additional nine blowings. Because we learned in our Mishnah that on Shabbat, there was an additional nine for the Qurban Musaf. So now he's telling you that on a day that there was two Musafin, each Qurban Musaf gives you an extra nine. And that's what the Pasuk says, that Bnei Aron are going to blow. Besides the regular blowing that they blow on a regular daily Qurbanot, they blow on every additional Musaf. This is the opinion of Ravachabar Harina. Each Musaf gets a special uh, set of nine to itself. Uh, so now the Gemara is going to come and ask a question. Gemara says like this. Tenan, we learned in Hamishnah. Erev Shabbat Shepetuch HaChag. Erev Shabbat Sukkot. Cholamoyed Sukkot falls on a Friday. How many blowings were there? Hayusham Memchet. There was 48. Let's calculate the 48 quickly. You have the 21 of a regular day. Okay? Then you have Korban Musaf. Because it's uh, Sukkot. So that brings you to 30. 21 plus 9 is 30. Then you have the additional 12 for the Nisukha Mayim procedure. That brings you to 42. Then you have another 6 for the Eid of Shabbat factor. 3 to stop them from working and 3, 4 telling them that Shabbat started. So that's how you get to 48. But hold it. says, If already you're telling me that Rabbi Haber Harinat says, for every Musaf, you get an extra 9. Litni Shabbat Shabbatuchahag. Tell me Shabbat Sukkot. Now if you tell me Shabbat Sukkot, let's analyze it. Shabbat Sukkot, you're right, you're going to lose six. Because you're not going to have the three to stop them from Melachah and the three to tell them it's Shabbat. Because it's Shabbat. But you're going to pick up nine. Because on Shabbat Sukkot you have an extra Musaf. You have the Sukkot Musaf plus the Shabbat Musaf. So therefore, you're going to end up with 51. Mashka'ata hamshin v'had. You have 51. Palm. Let's, let's work it out on the Shabbat of, uh, of, uh, of Sukkot. Okay? Mm-hmm. Got a minus six. Because bottom line, there's no three and three to stop them from Melachah. It's not a Friday item. That's not a Friday item. This is a Shabbat now. Good. But you're going to pick up a nine. Because there's another Musaf on Shabbat. And therefore, why did the Mishnah tell me the maximum is 48 and you gave me item Shabbat Sukkot? <laughs> tell me better case. Tell me the case of Shabbat Sukkot where you pick up 51. Uh, that's that's question according to him. So the Gemara says, hold it, hold it. 
Amar Rabbi Zira Lefisha Intuk Indiftihat Sha'arim B'Shabbat Okay, you got a minus three Because the first three of every day was what? When they opened the gates of the Beit HaMikdash So he holds Rabbi Zira On Shabbat He didn't have those three Why? Because he holds those are really not Vital tiki Oh, those are more like A siman You're blowing to let everybody know uh, Beit HaMikdash is open But it's not really A mitzvah so on Shabbat, we're not going to just blow, you know, uh, unless it's integral. So therefore, you end up with 48 anyway. Because you're taking away three. No, you're taking away the three, and you're adding the nine of the extra Musaf. So that gets you to 48 regardless. Right? You took away six, and then another three, so you're minus nine, and you're plus nine for the additional Musaf, so you're back anyway to the same number 48. Okay? Now, how do we know that it's not a mitzvah to blow by the gates? Because she quotes a pasuk that says, The main tikkot is done by the kurbanot, not by the gates. So therefore, we're not going to just blow uh, by the gates. Good? Don't you lose some, don't you lose them for the, for the filling up the water? That's the Gemara's next question. <laughs> Who's the one over here that's not concerned or not careful with his flower? Which means, he doesn't accept this last answer over here. He says, this answer is like somebody that was sifting flour, and he's not careful. Instead of sifting the flour, he's ending up with uh, bran. He's ending up with uh, with impurities. Which means, who gave this last answer over here? That, you, that they, you're telling me that it's 51, so minus 3 for the gates. Who's giving an answer that's not uh, precise over here? Who's sifting his flour... Uh, but not uh, paying attention. Here's two questions, Rabbah. Question number one. Hada. First of all, in the Mishnah it says, every day there was 21 blasts. And to get to 21 blasts, it was the opening of the gates. Bechol Yom means even Shabbat. So don't, don't tell me that on Shabbat, they didn't blow when they opened the gates. The Mishnah's language is, Bechol Yom. Every day includes Shabbat. The odd. Which is even if you want to tell me that they are equal. What does it mean? Which is even if you want to tell me that they didn't open the gates. And therefore, Friday of Sukkot was 48, and Shabbat of Sukkot was 48. I'll grant to you. Even if you want to say you have two cases that are 48. Friday, like we proved, and Shabbat. Minusing the three of the gates, adding the nine of the second Musaf. Still, The Mishnah should have given the case of Shabbat. Why? Because I learned two Hadushim from that case. First I learned of the Bidi Ezeb and Yaakov's Hadush that what? That you didn't blow... Shofarot on the steps Because that's how you're getting to 48 You're not counting Ma'ala Asirit And I would also learn the Hadush of You blow an additional 9 for Musaf Which means If you teach me the Friday case Yes, I, I learned the Be'erizim Yaakov's Hadush That he didn't blow on the 10th step Because no matter what day of Sukkot He didn't count the 10th step but by learning the Shabbat case, I learned two, two Hadushim. Number one, you don't count the ten step like Rabbi Zabin Yaakov. And number two, you count nine for the additional Musaf. You don't get that Hadush on Friday. Because on Friday is only one Musaf. So he's asking a hypothetical question. He's saying, Rabbi Zira, your answer I don't accept. 
Because even if I grant to you, even if I grant to you that what? Take away the three for the gates. Okay. Which you're wrong, because you don't take away the three for the gates, because it says Bechol Yom in the Mishnah. But I'll give it to you. So, Friday Sukkot's 48, Shabbat Sukkot's 48. If that was the understanding, the Mishnah should have given me the Shabbat case as the 48. You know why? Because I get two Hadushim from the 48, for the, from the Shabbat case. Hadush number one, but what we've been discussing till now. That you don't blow on the 10th step. That's a Hadush, by the way, because that's a great Mahlog, you know, be the Aizen and the Hakamim, do you blow on the 10th step? So, number one, you teach me that we don't blow on the 10th step, like Rabbi Yaakov, because he doesn't count that as one of the 48. And number two, you'll teach me that there's an additional nine for each Musaf. You don't get that Hadush on Friday, because there's only one Musaf on Friday Sukkot. Shabbat is two. So, why don't you give me that case? So, now we're back to the question then. Why did the Mishnah give me the case of Friday and not. Shabbat. So it was El Amarava, which is the obvious answer. The Fishain took in the Miluya Mayim be Shabbat. Forgot one detail. There's no Nisukha Mayim service on Shabbat. They didn't make any of those parties on Shabbat. They didn't go out of the gates. And therefore, the Batsle Tuva, you're subtracting many, which is minus 12 off the bat. So Shabbat Sukkot, you're not near 48. If anything, you're more like uh, 36. Which is, even if you want to add the extra Musaf and all that, you're not getting to, 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 to 48. Because there was only Sukhamayim. So the old question was in the beginning, hey, once already according to Ravacha, the Musaf gets you an extra nine. Say, so Shabbat already you should be at 51. The, the regular 48 plus another th- uh, uh, three, deduct six, add nine, like we said. No, 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 no. Take away three because there's no gates uh, on Shabbat. We'll give you that. Okay, we'll give you 48. Still, you're wrong. You didn't get near 48 because there was no Nisukhamayim on Shabbat. I mean, there was no party of collecting the water. So, therefore, you're losing many. That's why the Mishnah did not give that case. But when did they collect the water? We said that for Shabbat. They were collecting on Friday. So, therefore, the simple answer. Look at Rashi. One, two, three, four lines to the Ubatsrilutuva. You're missing a lot. According to that opinion, you're losing the six of Havdalah, meaning separating from work. Beautiful. Comes the, of course, he disagrees with him totally. The Bizerah was going that you have the regular tikiot, you're just losing three from the Sha'arim. And you're gaining nine for the uh, Busaf. Davar Kalon says, what are you talking about? Well, who's the one that said this? He wasn't sifting his flour correctly. There's number one, you're wrong, by the way. The three of the gates you do have. But even with it, take away, I'll, I'll give you, take away the three of the gates. Okay, you're right. Still you're wrong. Because bottom line, even if you were right, you're still wrong. Because the should have said that case. Because there's bigger Hindusim in that case. But it doesn't even start. Because bottom line, you don't even have 48. Comes the Gemara says, Oh. Give me another case now. Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbat. On, Shab- on Shabbat Rosh Hashanah, we have to remember Rosh Hashanah is also Rosh Chodesh. So I have Rosh Chodesh Musaf, Rosh Hashanah Musaf, 
Shabbat Musaf. Now, on a regular day, you had 21? 21, so 48. Plus 27, 48. So you're looking for the, the maximum 48 case. I got your case. You don't got to get the Sukkot. Give me the case of Rosh Hashanah that falls out on Shabbat. So Gemara says, it's the... So we, we learn a hadus by giving the end of Shabbat case of Sukkot. That what? That you don't blow on the 10th step. The, again, the rule of a Mishnah is we'd rather give you the case where you could learn the most hadushim. So if all you were looking for is a maximum case, you're right, Rosh Hashanah, the house on Shabbat, is a maximum case of 48. But I can give you a maximum case of 48 in another scenario and teach you an additional Hadush. I can give you the case of maximum on Friday Sukkot, which gives you 48 because of the, the Nisukhamayim and all that stuff. But I also teach you that what? That in the calculation to the 48, you didn't blow on the 10th step. That's a Hadush going according to the Bili Aizab and Yaakov. So therefore, yeah. the Mishnah teaches you an additional Hindu that there's an opinion out there that says don't blow on the ten steps. So therefore, you're right. We could have given you the case of Rosh Hashanah, but I chose to give you the case of Erev uh, Shabbat because of the Hindu Shibu. Yeah? So the Gemara says, Atu mi kama litniha litniha? What, you think when I was asking the question, I meant say the case of Rosh Hashanah and don't say the case of Arab Shabbat. I wouldn't say to the exclusion. I meant litnia, vilitnia. Yes. Say both cases. Which is why the Mishnah has said to give two, two cases. Give me two cases. I don't know. Tana vishir. The style now. Tana vishir means the Tana doesn't give you all the cases. Tana is not a grocery list giving you every single scenario. So the Mishnah gives you one case and left one case. Now we have a rule. The Mishnah will only leave a case if there's more than one case. If there's only two cases in existence, you can't say Tana Vishir. The Tana stated one and left one. If there's only two cases, the Mishnah will usually just tell you the two cases. But if there's more than one case that the Mishnah leaves out, so then you can use the principle Tana Vishir. So what the Mishnah is trying to say like this. The Mishnah gave you the case of Ayn Shabbat Sukkot. And left out, Shiyir, it left over. The case of Rosh Hashanah Shalom B'Shabbat, even though that is a legitimate case, but the Mishnah doesn't give you every case. So the Gemara is always the following question whenever the Mishnah, the Gemara gives this answer of Tana Vishir is, what's the other Shiyur? So the Gemara's question is, my Shiyur, what else did it leave out, the high Shiyur, that it left out this one as well? Shiyur, Erev Pesach. Oh, it left out Erev Pesach. Now what's the case of Erev Pesach? On Erev Pesach, you had an additional 27 Tikiot. Let's work it out ourselves. We, remember, we learned the Masichet Pesachim that in the Beit HaMikdash on Erev Pesach, they had three different groups that would fill the Azara to slaughter the Korban Pesach, meaning Thousands of people converged on Yerushalayim to bring the Qurban Pesach. So they would open up the gates of the Azara, they would fill it up. Once it was filled up, they locked the gates, and everybody brought the Qurban. Now, how was the Qurban brought? Uh, as they were slowing the Qurban Pesach, they sang the Halil. Okay? And they repeated the Halil three times. Because that's 
the amount of time it took to say the entire Halil, three times till the entire group in the Azara finished their service. Now before each Halil, they blew Tiki'ah, Tiru'ah, Tiki'ah. That was the service. Now, after they finished the first group, they emptied out the Azara, second group came in. They locked the gates. Again, they said the Halil three times with an additional nine Tiki'ot. These guys emptied out, third gate uh, comes in. Again, they blew the, they, 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 they said that there three times for the last group, and then they blew the shofar before each one. So therefore, on Erev Pesach, you always have an additional 27. <laughs> Add that to the 21 of every single day. 21 plus 27, 48. So therefore, the Gebarah says, you got a shiur. So technically, you got three cases of 48. You have the Friday of Sukkot, Rosh Hashanah Shachaliyot Beshabbat and Eid Pesach. That's the um, now. It should be noted that, as she says, that the third group, which is obviously the smallest group, if you remember in the second time they called that third group Kata Aslanim, the lazy people. They never really finished the Halel the third time. But it doesn't matter. Even if they didn't finish the Halil the third time, the Tikiot were always blown before the beginning of the Halil. So we don't really care if they finished the Halil the third time. As long as they started it, so already you got your additional three blowings to get you to the 27. As she points that out. Uh, okay? Now, comes the Gabbaran says, Imishum Erev Pesach. If that's your case, Erev Pesach, Lav Shiurahu. Uh, that, that, that's, that's, that's not a case. Why? Dehamani the biudai, because we're going like the biuda. What did the biuda say? Dehamar miyamei shel kachilishit lo higia lomar ahavti ki yishma Hashem. We never got to the first recitation of the Halil, to the chapter of Ahadki Ki Yishma Hashem, it's called Ta'anunai. Because there were so few people, which means in the third group, you only blew that, you blew the Shofar once, for one recitation of Halil that you didn't even finish. That means, according to me, you're missing six. Right? Three per, per Halil. And therefore, you don't have your 48. If anything, you have 42. So since we're saying that we're going like the Be'uda, Amishnah did not give the case of Pesach. Because the case of Eid of Pesach is not a case. Because you, you didn't have an additional 27. If anything, you had a, you, minus 6, so you had an additional 21. Why are you missing 6? Because according to him, you never finished even the first Halil. Okay? So the Gemara says, look at that sheet. Lo egiya hafti. In the third group, you only blew three tikiot of the first halil. Oh, you, you always blew the tikiot before the halil. need time-wise to read two halils. By the time they finished the first halil, even before that, they were already done finished the job. Now. Now, the Gebarah says, Veha Amart, you have to just uh, read the Masurat uh, Ashas, okay, to change the Grisai. Veha Amart Resha Delok Rabbi Yehuda. Hold it, you tell me our Mishnah is going like Rabbi Yehuda? We learned earlier the Mishnah is not Rabbi Yehuda. Why? Let's review again. 
Remember Rabbi Uda's opinion of sets of tikiot? How did he count sets? Each one of three is one. Amishah didn't count like that. Amishah counted 21 tikiot. So that's not Rabbi Uda. So how could you tell me that the Mishnah now that didn't count Pesach is going like Rabbi Uda? When you just told me that the beginning of our Mishnah that counts individual tikiot is not Rabbi Yehuda. <laughs> Again, you told me, don't, don't come, Pesach is not, not a case. You know why Pesach is not a case? Because the Mishnah is going like Rabbi Yehuda. Because you didn't have 48 on it in Pesach. Because you, you, you're short six. Because they didn't blow, the, they didn't say that twice. So, so the Mishnah is not Rabbi Yehuda. I'm sorry, yeah, the Mishnah is going like Rabbi Yehuda. That's why it did not give the case of Pesach. Pesach is not a 48 case because the Mishnah is going like Rabbi Yehuda. Now remember the, the thought process here. The Gebarah's question was, I have another case of uh, 48. The case of 48 is, oh. So the Gebarah it's not. it left that one out. Oh, if it left that one, it has to leave another one out. Mm-hmm. So the Gebarah, yeah, there's another case left out. Erev Pesach. So the Gebarah says, no, 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 no. Erev Pesach is not a 48 case. Because our Mishnah is going like the Yehuda. And according to the Yehuda, there was not 48 on Erev Pesach because she did not say the Halil twice in the third, right? In the third, in the third group. And that's why the Mishnah did not uh, uh, say uh, Erev Pesach as a case because it doesn't exist. Oh, so we're back to our question. If it doesn't exist, so then there's only two cases. So the Mishnah should have gave the case of Rosh Hashanah Shachaliyot B'Shabbat. So the Mishnah is going like the Yehuda. Hold it, the Mishnah can't be going like the Yehuda. Because in the beginning of the Mishnah, we said the Mishnah is not going like the Yehuda. Because when we listed the number of Tiki'ot, we said 21. According to the Yehuda, it's only 7. Because he goes with groups, with sets. So he must make up your mind. Is the Mishnah going like the Yehuda? I'm not going like the Yehuda. So he we can answer that question. And we can say, the Tana of the Mishnah follows the Yehuda regarding... One law, okay, the law of Erev Pesach, but he argues on the Behuda regarding the way you count the sets. Which means, I could split it. I could say the first part of the Mishnah, the Tana, did not subscribe to the Behuda's opinion. That's why he counted each Tikiah separately, 21. And the second part of the Mishnah, that he didn't count Erev Pesach, because he's going like the Behuda. Okay, good. But by the way, back to a question. If you don't count Erev Pesach, so then you only have... One, one other case besides the one the Mishnah gave. You have Shabbat, you have Erev Pesach, you have Sukkot on Friday, which is the case the Mishnah gave, and you have Rosh Hashanah on Shabbat. And you can't tell me Tan of Yishir, because that's the only case, there's no Shir. Kibbutz says, Ela Shir Shir. I'll give you another case. That it was Mishayir. Shir Erev Pesach Shahaliyor be Erev Shabbat. Erev uh, Pesach that fell out on Friday. A peak sheet, take out six of the last group, because you're not saying the Halil twice. However, the Ayil sheet. But add six, because it's Friday. There's always an extra six on Friday, because of the three of stopping Melacha and the three of Kodesh, st- starting the Shabbat. So therefore, you have another case of 48. Again, the case of Erev Pesach, Shehaliyot Be'erev Shabbat. Just talk it out. What did we delete? According to the Be'uda, you only have 21 sounds for the Halil. Nine in the first group, nine in the second group, and three in the third group. Because you only read the Halil, not even once. So that's 21. 
So, okay, so we're short now, because every day we blew 21, plus the 21, so that's 42, we're short 6. That's Eid of Shabbat. Eid of Shabbat was always 6 right before Shabbat to stop the people from Melachah, and plus to, to tell them that Shabbat is, is came already. So it works out. So therefore, the Mishnah actually technically has three 48 cases. You have the Friday Sukkot case, which is the regular 21 of every day, plus the 12 of... Uh, plus the uh, 12 of Nisuch uh, okay. plus the 9 of Musaf, because Musaf of Sukkot, you have an additional 9, plus the 6 of Erev Shabbat, that gives you 48. You have the case of Rosh Hashanah, you have the 21 of every day, plus an additional 27 of three Musafim, Musaf, Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Chodesh, Shabbat. That gets you to 48. Plus, you have a case of 48 of Erev Pesach, Shechaliyot, Be'erev Shabbat. You have the regular 21. An additional 21 of the Halal that was from the groups. That takes you to 42. Plus the additional 6 of Erev Shabbat. So then we always have three cases of 48. Comes the Gemaran says, Ve'en Musifin al-Memhet. You don't go more than 48. That's the maximum scenario you have is 48. So the Gemaran says, Ve'la. Oh, you don't have a case of more than 48? Okay, Eid of Pesach, that falls out on Shabbat itself. According to the Yehuda, it's going to be 51. Now let's, uh, let's talk it out. According to the Yehuda, on a regular day you had 21. Okay? Now, uh, you have uh, Shabbat over here. So it's being Shabbat automatically, we have a Musaf. Nine. So once you have a Musaf, you have an additional nine. Mm-hmm. That's going to take you to uh, 30. Fine. Okay? Plus you have the 21 of the Shahitat Pesach. They slaughtered the Pesach on, 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 on Shabbat. It's so therefore you have 21 additional Tikiot that takes you to 51. According to, again, you have the 21 of every day, right. plus the Musaf of Shabbat, right. that gets you to 30. Mm. Now, they slaughtered Korban Pesach on Shabbat. How many additional Tiki'ot did the Biudah hold? Well, the first group is 9, the second group is 9, the third group is 3. So that's 21. So 30 plus 21 is 51. Now, according to Hachamim, it's 57. The 30, and 21 of every day. 9 of Musaf of Shabbat is 30. But you had an additional 27 according to Hakamim, because each group was 9. So therefore you're going to end up 30 plus 27 is 57. So the Gebarah is asking, what are you telling me the maximum scenario is 48? I can give you a case of 51 or even 57 according to Hakamim. So the Gebarah says, I start again. The cases we were giving in the Mishnah is scenarios that happen every year. Look at Tani. We're not giving cases that happen once in a while, which is granted. Granted. There are cases where you're going to blow 51 or 57 according to the opinions. But you know what? That's not a, that's not a yearly occurrence. The Mishnah is only giving you scenarios that happen every year. Granted, in the event that it happens that Eid of Pesach falls out on Shabbat, you got us. You're going to blow 51 or 57. But the Mishnah is only giving you yearly events. So the Gebra says, Atun, Atun, Eid of Shabbat, 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 Shabb
Hold on, you're telling me the, the case of the Mishnah was Friday Cholamu Sukkot. Friday Cholamu Sukkot. That's the case of 48. You're telling me that every year on Sukkot you're going to have oh. Friday Cholamu Ed? No, no. Not no. every year. Because let's say the first day of Yom Tov comes out on Friday. Yeah. So you have no Cholamu Ed on Friday. The next Friday is already Shemini Asedit. So Friday Cholamu Ed is not an automatic. It's more probable than the Again, we're not going with probability. We're going with automatic. The, if the first day of Sukkot, which is Yom Tov, <coughs> comes out on a Friday, <coughs> the next Friday is not Sukkot anymore. Shemini said it. So therefore, it's not automatic that you're telling me Friday is Chol Amoed. So the Gemara gives you the reason why. Zimnin Telo Mashkahatle Veechidame. What's the case that it's not going to happen? Kegon Shehal Yom Tov Rishon Be'Arim Shabbat. If Yom Tov Rishon Shil Sukkot comes out on a Friday, you don't have the case of the Mishnah, so your rule is not a rule. So the Gemara says, no, 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 no. It'll, it'll always happen. It'll always happen you have Cholam or Eir on a Friday. Why? Because If the rabbis see that according to the calendar, that the first day of Sukkot is going to fall out on a Friday, They push it off. Which means they'll add an extra day to Elul, the month before. They'll add an extra day to it to make sure that the first day does not come out on Friday. They'll make sure the first day comes out on Shabbat, but not on Friday. Why? Because if the first day of Sukkot comes out on a Friday, that means when did Kippur come out? Four days before. Behad b'Shabbat means Kippur is going to come out on a Sunday. We don't want Kippur to come out on a Sunday. Hilkach dahinane. Wow. The Gemara Rosh gives two reasons why we don't want Kippur to come out on a Sunday. Either because yirakot vegetables or because of metim. Yirakot means like this: When is a person going to buy his vegetables for the breaking of the fast? He has to buy his vegetables on Friday. Now, by the time the breaking of the fast comes on Sunday night, the vegetables are going to be spoiled. So he's not going to have food to eat for the breaking of the fast. So the rabbis will never make it that Kippur can come out on a Sunday. Second reason, if somebody passes away on a Friday, right before Shabbat, you can't bury him on Shabbat. You can't bury him on Kippur because Kippur is like Shabbat. So the metim are going to have to sit for two days until you bury them. That's already not covered that myth. So the rabbis would never uh, make wow. the calendar that it can fall out Yom Tov Rishon Shil Sukkot on a Friday. Because if Yom Tov Sukkot is on a Friday, Yom Tov Rishon, it makes Kippur on a Sunday. And we never want Kippur to come out on a Sunday. So therefore, the, what the Gebra is really saying, every year you'll have a Cholam Mo'ed Friday of Sukkot. That's the yearly occurrence. So the Gebra says, Hold it, hold it. Do the rabbis push the calendar a day ahead in, in a scenario? Meaning, what the Gebra's question really is, are you telling that Kippur doesn't fall out on Shabbat? I'm going to give you two proofs that it did fall out on Sunday. Some Sunday, Sunday. Ve'atenan, we learned in the Mishnah. We learned this Mishnah several times. Helbesh Shabbat, Kerebim B'Yom Kippurim. Question. It says the Helbesh Shabbat, the Korbanot of Shabbat. That's the Tamit Shabbat Arbaim of Shabbat. You put it on the Mizbeach and it was still burning. Now Motzei Shabbat is Kippur. You could still continue to burn the Korban of Shabbat on Motzei Shabbat. That means Kippur is on Motzei Shabbat. It means Kippur is on a Sunday. All right, you told me I never let it happen. So what are the rabbis even talking about? What are the rabbis discussing a case that doesn't happen? Ella must be Kippur can't come out on a Sunday. Secondly, the Amar Bizera, 
Bisra said, Kiavinan Beirav. Bebabe, when I was in Rav's yeshiva in Babel, Hava Amri, they said, Haditanya, that's what it says in the Brighta, Yomikim Purim Shahal Yot Ayrib Shabbat. Let's say if Yomikim Purim falls out on a Friday, Loa Yutukin. Well, they would not blow the shofar. It was normally on Friday, there was always shofarot to stop the people from Melacha. Well, if Kippur is on Friday, Kippur to Shabbat is equal. There's nothing to the people, uh, you don't have to blow the shofar to stop them from doing any Melacha. Because it's uh, equal to Shabbat. Again, on a regular Friday, didn't they blow the Shofarot and the Beit HaMikdash to stop the people from Melakha? Yeah. But if Kippur is on Friday, what are you stopping the people from Melakha? They already refrained from Melakha. There's no difference between Shabbat and Kippur regarding Melakha. So do you to Now, over Motzei Shabbat, and Motzei Shabbat, lo ayu mavdilin. They would not make Havdalah. They would not say the Melakha of a mavdil bin Kodesh the Kodesh. Normally, when a Yom Tov falls out on Motzei Shabbat, we make a special barakah, mavdil min Kodesh le Kodesh. Because there's a difference between the Kiddushah of Shabbat to the Kiddushah of Yom Tov. Right? However, there's no difference between the Kiddushah of Shabbat to the Kiddushah of Kippur. It's the same Kiddushah. So therefore, on Motzei Shabbat, going into a Kippur, they would not say, hamavdil bin Kodesh le Kodesh. There's no Havdalah. It's the same Kodesh. And in Babel, in Rav Yeshiva, they said, this halakah, Devriakoli is going according to all opinions, which means the opinions that we learned in a different place that talk about the korbanot of Shabbat. Are you allowed to bring them on Kippur? It's mahlukah. Some say you can, some say you can. Even according to opinions that say you can't, implying that the Kiddushah of Kippur might be different, they agree when it comes to the Berakhah, you don't say. But the point is, you see that they were discussing opinions that talk about Kippur coming out on a Sunday. So the Gemara is asking two questions basically. We see Kippur comes out on a Sunday from two different sources. So the Gemara says now, Kisadikat Lehatam says when he uh, came to Babel, Kisadikat, no, when he went up to Eris Israel, Ashkahte, the Rabbi Yehuda, Bered Rabbi Shomim Pazi, the Yativ Ka'amar, Rabbi Akivahi. Okay, oh, 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 this is part of the question. She's when, uh, who's this, Rabbi Zira. The Bizar said, when I was in Bavel, they told me that this opinion that says you don't say Hamadim and Kodesh the Kodesh on Motzei Kippur, on Motzei Shabbat that goes into Kippur, is going to everybody. Which is regardless of the Mahloket over there between the Biyakimah and Yishmael, do you bring the Korbanot of Shabbat on Kippur, regardless of the opinion, everybody will hold you don't say Kodesh the Kodesh. When I came to Bavel, they told me no. That opinion that you don't say Kodesh the Kodesh is only going according to the Biyakimah. That says that the Kiddushah is different. So they were, but the point is, Rashid doesn't even get involved in this right. le- le- Leave the, 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 the Rashid of that Mahlokan. All we see from the story is that there was a case that it comes out on Sunday. The, 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 he just said, when I was in, when I was in the yeshiva in uh, Babel, they told me that whether you say Kodesh the Kodesh is not dependent on the Mahlokan of the Qurbanot of Shabbat Kippur. Uh, nothing to do with that Mahlokan. When I came to Eretz Israel, they told me, no, no, no. The Kodesh, the Kodesh subject is based on the Mahloket between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shred. Do you bring the Korbanot of Motzei Shabbat on Kippur or not? But by the way, what do you see from the whole story? They did it. There was Kippur on Sunday. So the Gemara says, Lakasha. No question. Okay, it's a great Mahlok between a banana and a Hayrim. The Mahlok is going to be as follows. According to the Hachamim, uh, we adjusted the calendar. Yes, we adjusted the calendar, and therefore we made sure that Kippur will not come out on a Sunday and finish. Aye, but we have statements that say it can. That's going like Ahirim. It's going like different opinions. 
who's the other opinions? Netanya. Ahirim Umrim. Ahirim say, En ben atzeret le atzeret. The end ben Rosh Hashanah le Rosh Hashanah el arba'a yamin bilbad. From one year to the next. Shavuot to Shavuot. Or Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah, it's always going to be a four day spread from year to year. Why? There's 354 days in the calendar, in the lunar calendar. So let's figure it out. 350 days is a perfect 50 weeks. Okay, day to day. You have a remainder, four. So from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah, there's always going to be a four-day spread. So if Rosh Hashanah one year came out on a Sunday, the next year it's going to come out on a Thursday. Now according to Ahirim, it's not adjustable. Which means you don't add a day. He's giving you the facts. From year to year, it's going to be four. Now, Correct. If it's a leap year, it's going to be a five-day spread. Why? Because he holds. Always the extra month is 29 days. So therefore, 28 of the days is again four weeks, so it's perfect. So you have a remainder, one. So basically you're going to have five days, the four days extra of every year, plus the extra day that's remaining from the leap month, and therefore it'll be a five-day spread. That's as cloudy, it's not negotiable, it's not adjustable. So again, according to the appearance, it's not adjustable, then, uh, then you're right, then Kippur will come out on uh, Sunday. However... According to the Hachamim, they say no. They say no. If we saw that Kippur's come out on Sunday, already the month before in Elul, which normally is a 29-day month, they would make it a 30-day month in order to push everything up. So therefore, you're right, we found a great Mahlokan amongst the Tanaim. Do we say, do we say there is a, uh, uh, an adjustment made to the calendar? Or is it a fixed calendar regardless? Let's look at that sheet. If Rosh Hashanah comes out the first year on Sunday, the next year is going to come out on Thursday. Every month, between one moon and the next moon is 29 and a half days. Mishneh Moladot, for every two months it's going to be Hamishi Vitesha. So 59, 29 and a half times two is 59. Nimsa Kol Chotcheh Shana. So therefore basically what you do is go every year, every year, you'll have six months, 29, six months, 30. Right, that you get to 354. You don't add any day or take away a day to the month to adjust. Which means it's one day, one month 29, one month 30, one month 29, one month 30, forever. There's no ever adjusting. From Remainder. One day remainder, I'll put you to 
an extra day. Tanam al Rabbah, you add it to the four days that are remaindered already, uh, then you, therefore you'll have Hamisha. Okay, let's go one step further. Metibe, the Gemara asked the question. Rosh Chodesh Shahaliyot be Shabbat. Okay, Rosh Chodesh falls out on Shabbat. Shir Shel Rosh Chodesh, Dohe Shir Shel Shabbat. Now, when they brought the Qurban Tamid, they sang songs. What song did they sing? So the Gebarah says they sang the song of Rosh Chodesh and they did not sing the song of Shabbat. I guess on Shabbat they would sing Mizmoshi on Shabbat. When they were bringing the Qurban, they would sing Mizmoshi on Shabbat. On Rosh Chodesh they would sing Barakhi Nafshi, let's say, you know, another song. So the Gebarah sang a big Hadushin. On Rosh Chodesh of Shabbat, they um, opted to sing the Rosh Chodesh song during the Qurban instead of the Shabbat. He was holding. Hold it. If you're holding that for each Musaf, you blew nine tikiot, that means each one is considered separate. Therefore, they should say, when they brought the Musaf of Shabbat, they should have sang the Shabbat song. When they brought the Musaf of Rosh they should sing the Rosh Chodesh song, which means, again, just like the tikiot are separate, if you kept the tiki all separate, right. that's not has opinion. So why did you cut the singing? Right? So, and the Gemara then goes on to say, furthermore, as the Gemara says, It just meant that you do it first. You do the Rosh Chodesh song first, and then you do the Shabbat song. But you're doing both. Gemara, so what are you talking about? What does that mean? You have Tadir. Shabbat comes more often than Rosh Chodesh. So even though you're singing both songs, you should sing the Shabbat song mm-hmm. first. Right? Mm-hmm. No. We want the people to know that it's Rosh Chodesh today. You have to remember, in the olden days, there was no calendar. It was done by the sighting of the moon. Now, not everybody saw the new moon. You have witnesses that saw it, and some people didn't see it. So you could have a lot of people don't know that today is Rosh Chodesh. Mm-hmm. So we want to make a, 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 a statement that it become obvious, so everybody should know, today is Rosh Chodesh. So they, what did they do? They would sing the Rosh Chodesh song in the Beit HaMikdash before the Shabbat. Well, that would be, wow, what are they doing over here? Oh, it must be, today is Rosh So therefore, you're right. They would sing both, and they would leave the rule of Tadir because they wanted to make a Heket. Everybody should know it's Rosh Chodesh. They wanted everybody to know that it was Pashut the Betin, that's Rosh Chodesh. The majority of people didn't see the new moon. Therefore, this would be the Heket.